yards, you're free Tim to go. Black inside the streets is cold. Free to love, to each his own. Free from bills, free from pills. You wrote the loud speakers blow. Life get hard, you ease your soul and cleanse your mind. Learn to fly and reach the stars. You take the time to look behind and say, look where I came. Look how far I done came. They say the dreams come. What's up? Welcome to Tim Talks. My name is Daniel Brooks, owner and creator of Good Counsel, where we're here to make healing possible. Tonight we have an another amazing guest. I can't believe we're at week five already. We were halfway through um, this series where we're putting therapy in motion by bringing some amazing mental health professionals that can help you and aid you in whatever season you may be in. And tonight is like no other. We have the amazing Athea Dent. She's a licensed professional counselor and owner of Insight and Inspiration here in Roanoke, in the Roanoke area. Um, she received her behavioral science degree from University of Chicago and then came down to the, um, Liberty University where she received her master's in professional counseling. She has a great therapy approach with a light atmosphere that helps her to create a therapeutic relationship. And we'll learn more about what that is as we get into everything. I just want to welcome none other than the amazing Althea Dent. Hey. Hi, how welcome, are you? Welcome. Good evening. Good. Thank how you. you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, doing well, doing well. How's awesome. um how's everything treating you with, with the you know where we're about to be open, I guess, but but um prior to us about to open up house COVID been for you and your family? Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, it, you know, I think I've gone through all the stages that everybody else went through for the most part. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it's been sort of evolutionary over the last six weeks, kind of started off. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's two weeks. It's like a vacation. And then it's like, oh gosh, this is going to be a lot longer and mm -hmm. settling in and, you know, just kind of balancing, you know, a um, lot of serious things like people are struggling with the work and, and the changes and adapting to, you know, coming home, but also, you know, some of the reports and if you have loved ones elsewhere. So I think overall it's been okay for me. Mm -hmm. um, We've kind of adjusted. Mm -hmm. been, that's been the, the hardest part is just the adjustment period. But so good to hear that, that you're doing well. And I'm um, just excited to have you on tonight. Um, tonight, we've um, kind of talked in passing a few times and we just get an opportunity to kind of dive into some things and kind of help to mm -hmm. um, give people access to your services and how they can heal. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, uh, so okay. Can learn a little bit. So I work as a licensed professional therapist, a licensed professional counselor is a technical word uh, here in Roanoke, Virginia at a private group practice called Total Life Counseling. And um, I, have, I was born in Chicago mm -hmm. and grew up there in the Chicago and the Chicagoland area. And I have lived in uh, the Roanoke Valley for the, about the past couple of decades. Um, after I got here, I tried to get in touch with a more outdoorsy side, still kind of, <laughs> still kind of working on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I attempt to garden. It is, it is a woeful attempt, but I do, yeah. I do do it. Um, I kind of like 
to read. I'm trying to get into reading a little bit more. I kind of mm -hmm. fell off the horse when I went to master's. You have so much to read there. Yeah. Um, I fancy myself a little bit as a DIYer. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this show called Flea Market Flip, but it has turned me into a little bit of a monster. Uh oh, I'm so now she might. They go to flea markets and find things and refurbish and repurpose them. So I've got stuff in my garage that you know I'm supposed to be turning into stuff. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I pretty much like anything, any activity that is paired with good food. So that that's yeah. that's me. But I, I love people. I like to talk. I love people. And um, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I love it. I love it. No, that's really amazing. Just kind of hear some of your background, some of the things you like to do. So, mm -hmm. so why why mental health? What? How, how did you end up in the mental health field or, or what kind of drew you to it? Okay. Um, well, when I went to undergrad, I started off thinking I was going to go into business and I began majoring in economics. And then after a short time, I figured out that that was not exactly for me. Um, so um, at that generation, we are on the out and four program. So I, that means four years. And so I, um, had to choose a major that would allow me to do that and use my credits. So I switched to behavioral sciences. And actually, I really uh, enjoyed that. I thrived there. Um, I like thinking about what makes people do what they do and uh, what, what makes people think the way they think. And so it was a really good fit. And um, one of the things that I ended up learning that I really liked was groups. I like studying people in groups and the different mm. dynamics and the different players that are in a group and, you know, how, you know, people sharing with one another is, is um, effective and how people can grow and benefit from that. So I really liked that. That's wow. kind of how I got started. Wow. Wow. That, that is really awesome. And again, for a good amount of us, um, therapy or mental health isn't something that we grow up saying that we that's what we want to do um, or things of that nature. So with you, like you said, you went into business or, or thought about business early on. And it was kind of that calling and we ended up here. So that's mm -hmm. that's amazing. So with that, now you do outpatient therapy, correct? Correct. So tell us a little bit about outpatient therapy. Okay, so outpatient therapy is, is pretty specific. Um, it's you come into the office, typically people come once a week um, mm -hmm. and therapists are uh, usually, most people are 45 minutes or an hour sessions. Mm -hmm. Maybe some people do back-to-back -back sessions. So that kind of varies. Um, and you get to come in with your own goals or you can, sometimes people kind of come in because their their doctors send them because they have mm -hmm. a lot of physical symptoms that um, aren't necessarily explained by you know something going on in the body it's probably stress or some other things um, you know life things going on in their lives um, and I think one of the misconceptions is that the only people who are going to counseling are you know they got real problems something's wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know that is actually a misconception I and mean, you can go to therapy for all sorts of things i have clients that come in they want help making decisions um they want to set some new goals for themselves they feel like they've gotten kind of stuck um in a rut or they um they know they have things in the past that they maybe haven't dealt with or 
something current's going on or, I mean, there's just a real gamut for why somebody might come in for outpatient therapy. Wow, no, that's, that's amazing. That, and that's one of the biggest things that we want to do here with, you know, the Tim Talks is tear down those taboos and, and right. that, those um, negative misconceptions about therapy and the process of it, because mm-hmm. it can help so many different facets and so di- many different avenues of life, um, right. and stages of life, um, mm-hmm. other than, you know, just a normal, something has to be wrong with you, you're crazy right. if you go, or right. for a certain um, standard of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so even with that, why would someone, I guess, with outpatient therapy, what would be a reason someone would choose an outpatient therapist, if, if that makes sense? So are you saying what what makes them choose a particular therapist? Or? No, just that that style, this outpatient, the style of therapy of outpatient therapy. Like, so, OK, yeah, yeah because um, I think um, and hopefully people are watching all your segments because they've mm-hmm. been great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if somebody has something and they want to connect, they want to talk, they want to process, mm-hmm. they want they want some feedback is a common word that I hear a lot. I, I came in, I, I kind of want to get some feedback. I want to find out if I'm thinking correctly. Okay. I, I want to know um, if I'm on the right track. I want to know if maybe I am a little, like sometimes people are grieving and wow. grief is something that I don't think our culture, American culture talks a lot about. Um, we're kind of bootstrap people. We, we kind of handle it, the American spirit, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, grief is a healthy thing to do when you have experienced a loss. And um, typically our, our attitudes, and this is something out here that people will say, well, I'm doing okay. I'm not crying today. I'm not doing okay. I'm crying today. And that has been the litmus for whether we're doing well or not. And honestly, um, that's unfortunate because grief is a very good process to go through. That's how you get to healing through any kind of loss, not just death. Wow. Um, so I think um, people want feedback. They want direction, advice. They want to be heard. I mean, sometimes people just need to come and share stories. And it's not even about that I'm going to do anything magical. It's just like somebody else listened to me and heard me. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's another terrible um, misconception about outpatient therapy is that mm-hmm. you're going to fix them or you have to go right. in to be fixed or somebody's going to tell mm-hmm. you what to do when mm-hmm. a lot of those benefits can come from just being able to unload and be able to talk to someone and be guided mm-hmm. on that process. No, mm-hmm. that, that's really amazing. Uh, yeah. You talked a little bit before um, uh, about in, in, in what you do and kind of looking up um, the things you've done is, is the whole person. Um, mm-hmm. and dealing with the whole person. What what is that concept? Okay, well, you know, having to work at Total Life Counseling and uh, as a private practice, and you know, the name itself is is reflected in that we're holistic beings, and so um, we recognize that when people come into counseling, they may come for a specific issue. So I I might come in because I'm having GI problems, and the doctor sent me. Or I may come in because I'm I'm very worried or I'm very obsessed or I may come in because I'm feeling very sad emotionally. So I've identified physical reasons or mental reasons or emotional reasons. So we are mind, body, spirit. We have multifacets and treating the whole person is probably best because each thing kind of 
uh, affects the other. So if I am um, worried and upset and, and I'm kind of becoming a little overthinker, not that I would know anything about that, um, and uh, I'm getting kind of anxious, uh, I might not be sleeping well. And then if Althea doesn't sleep well, she may not be a pleasant person wow. the next day. So now I don't really want to be around people and maybe I'm not eating well. So, you know, these things kind of affect different parts. Um, and so it's okay to come in for one of those areas. But uh, I think when you really want to get on the road to healing, you kind of see it as sort of a whole, a whole person. Wow, no, that, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Now, uh, you touched a little bit on, you know, the physical aspects. Yeah, I know you talked about it a couple of times with the GI systems and maybe not sleeping. Can you speak a little bit more to how your physical can impede or impact your, your, your mental or even vice versa? Sometimes we can see, you know, the, the, the needs of your mental impacting your physical health. Um. I think I think actually just kind of what I'm saying, I don't know that I think the problem is, it's like, and I don't know that much about cars, but yeah. I do know it's a system. <laughs> and I think people, there are probably people listening understand cars a lot better. Mm -hmm. But if you come in and I've had a few things break, I've had those beater cars back in mm -hmm. the back in the day. Uh -huh. um, and if the if the alternator isn't working, guess what? Ain't nobody going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can't, you can't, if it's okay to come in for that, but understanding that, you know, a person is sort of, it's a system. It's a lot of systems going on and, you know, one will impact the other. It's just, it's just, just the way it is. So um, when it comes to physical things, sometimes if I get a client and they come in and, you know, we have an intake and if they're checking off a lot of physical uh, symptoms and ailments, I might ask them, you know, have you, when was the last time you had a physical, uh, when you've been, mm. been to the doctor, because um, they do mimic. So you could have, I'm not, and what I mean by that is some reasons, about 67% of the reason why people go to the doctor is often sometimes stress related. Yeah. So they, they've, they've had some physical manifestations of the stress mm. that they're under. Um, and I'm not saying that don't go to the doctor and get treated if you're mm -hmm. having ulcers. I can't treat you for ulcers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you don't handle the source of the ulcers, they just kind of keep coming back. Yeah. Um, but it also works the other way. I don't want to be thinking, oh, well, you must have stress. And, oh, wait, you really did have <laughs> something physical yeah. going on. So yeah. sometimes I'll have I'll, that'll be one of the first things we'll cover. It's like, hey, maybe you should go get a physical, because we want to make sure that there's not something that actually is physically going on. Most definitely. And that goes back to, I guess, tying it all into the whole person and right. making sure that, you know, you, you have to, you know, work on all the parts of the car, as you mm -hmm. said, kind of mm -hmm. make sure you're moving forward. No, that's really a um, great concept. Now, um, is there specific styles of, of therapy that, that you like or you like to use or you specialize in when you're working with an individual? Mm -hmm. So we there's a lot of counseling theories and mm. there's a, a bunch. Okay. So if you're interested in that and have to call me or we can look them up. But um, yeah. the primary one that I tend to use is cognitive behavioral therapy, which mm. is a mixture of the two cognitive and behavioral um, 
talking about you know your environment, your your behavior, your choices, your lifestyle patterns, and also your thinking patterns. Um, if you have a distorted or um, faulty thinking, how that can inform the things that you choose to do and how you feel and making changes in those areas. So that's kind of the foundational one that I use, but a lot of counselors um, have an eclectic or an integrative style, which means you know there are um, quite a few counseling theories. And so I, I may pull some things from mm -hmm. uh, solution focused. I may pull some things from brief therapy or existential or um, uh, I think of another one I use systemic. Mm -hmm. um, so and and so from that theoretical framework is how the counselor will approach and synthesize the information and the things that are going on in the therapeutic process and right. uh, how they direct things. So um, most of the time, if you read someone's bio, they kind of they should outline what they are, and if you and if they don't, you can call and ask, most you know, and, and what that is. So. Um, and you know, then their techniques and what they do are come from whatever theoretical framework they're using. Wow, no, that's phenomenal. So with um, so and so, depending on the person, depending on what the goals you all create can help to pattern the direction. Or if you're using cognitive behavioral therapy or solution focused, is that what helps to kind of mold what framework you kind of go with? It helps. It helps. It's what's kind of directs my mm. my way of thinking about it or looking or approaching it. But I mean, I like to let one of the things I like to ask people to do is, you know, sometimes they do it before they come in. Some people come in and they are like, look, here's what I'm here for. I want to do this, this and this. <laughs> um, and then some people are like, I just something's just out of whack. I just I'm here. You know, mm -hmm. so then after we've talked for a while, you know, I try to get them to, you know, kind of think about what would you like things to be like if you're done with counseling? What would you want to do? Or, you know, there's different ways I phrase that mm -hmm. so that there I like for to be collaborative, which is another sort of approach. Mm -hmm. I like to collaborate with my client a little bit. Um, I don't like it to be so heavily directed by me. Mm -hmm. um, so that they are a part of their own, you know, healing process. Yeah, because I know we talked about it and I said it a little bit in your bio. Um, so tell us a little bit about that therapeutic relationship um, that we kind of I alluded to and you kind of talked about before. Okay. Um, in my opinion, a therapeutic relationship is pretty foundational. It's, it's about a third of the process mm -hmm. and it's the relationship between the client and the therapist. Um, it has a lot of things that it could be beneficial about it. I mean, it can um, form the first time maybe someone has had an intimate relationship with another person. Mm. I mean, um, a place where they can come and their feelings or their thoughts or their beliefs are valued and respected and um, not judged and um, and that can be a really powerful experience. It can be a place where they can have healthy behavior modeled. Mm. Most of the time modeling yeah, pretty healthy yeah. behavior. Sure. Um, and also practice behavior that maybe they have not had an opportunity to do, which is, you know, sp speak out about something, say they didn't like something or, um, 
you know, just really a myriad of things. Um, and it's just a, a really powerful place. And honestly, um, how a person feels about the therapist and whether they can trust them and, and they kind of like them, so to speak, maybe not as a friend, but they feel regarded. They feel like, you know, it's a safe place. They don't feel like the therapist is in another aggressor in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's the place from which they can make changes, take chances, try things, do things, let things go. So wow. it's, it's a really important part of the therapeutic process to me. Make changes and taking chances. No, I, I really love it. And, you know, a part of what good counsel does is we help get individuals connected to therapists because they're weary of that relationship or they're weary about being judged or mm -hmm. um, things of that nature. What would you tell someone who was kind of nervous about kind of unloading um, with a therapist, telling them all their business, so to speak? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's actually very common. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think, I think the initial session is the most important one. I mean, cause you know, that's where you kind of, they're feeling you out. They're trying to see what it's like. It takes a lot of courage to come in mm -hmm. to counseling. Um, people are usually really nervous and apprehensive, you know, they don't always know what to expect. Um, and so really establishing a rapport, which is something I, I find is very important, is really my first task, um, hearing them, letting them get comfortable. And sometimes I tell them it may take a few sessions before mm -hmm. you get really comfortable. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I think once that's kind of done, people feel a little bit better about kind of sticking their toe in the water with some stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's just kind of a process. Yeah. So so it kind of uh, leads us into a couple questions we have. We have Lisa Marie. She asks, how should someone go about choosing an outpatient counselor, number one? And what should someone look for? Because she have friends that ask her all the time and would love to hear someone else's perspective. So okay. how, how would someone go about choosing a therapist? First of all, hi, Lisa. Um, um, uh, so there are different avenues about that. Um, there's a lot of, you know, their directories, I want to say, so good counsel is going to have one. Most definitely. That's a good way to do it. Word of mouth is nice, but you might not know anybody that has used a therapist. You can ask if you have a relationship with a physician, maybe they have some referrals. Um, and then, uh, I would say, Google that that one kind of works. Yeah. And what I mean by that is there's there's a few therapies. I, I am listed on psychology today. Um, um, Daniel here is going to have a therapy. And so I mean, not a therapy, a directory. And when you go there, then you want to kind of read their bio, see what their style is. Um, have a sense, it might be really helpful if, if a person has a sense of what they're trying to uh, accomplish or what they want. So they kind of know what they're looking for. Um, contact the therapist, either email them or call them. Some, some therapists give free consults, um, some don't, but a lot will at least call you back and you can talk to them and sort of get an idea if this is going to be something you want to pursue. Yeah, no, I love it. That, that's that's mm -hmm. really awesome. We have um, 
What what advice we have from Nicole? What advice would you give someone for the first time patient that's nervous? What advice would you give them? Okay, um, that's a good question. Thanks, Nicole. Um, I think the advice would be to kind of go in um, if you have some idea of what's kind of bringing you in, and it doesn't have to be well thought through or well, you know, well laid out. Mm -hmm. I have people often, I'm probably over 90% of the first session, they feel like they're just, stuff just starts flowing out and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, I'm all over the place. And I say, that is perfectly fine. That is normal for the first session to be kind of nervous and you just, you don't really know and you're just kind of letting people know what's going on, what's bringing you in. And that that's actually perfect, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, being, being honest, if you have questions, write them down. If you're wondering ahead of time, bring them in. You know, a really good therapist should be willing to answer any questions that you have. Um, and I also want people to know that, you know, this is a, a fit. So you might, you might visit one you know, I would recommend maybe one or two times because, you know, one is a fluke, maybe. Yeah. But you visit them and you don't feel like it's a good fit. I, I really um, and I tell people this when they visit me, you know, it's a fit. If I'm not your fit, I want you to find what you need so that you can make the changes in your life. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to help people find a better fit if we get together. And, you know, and this has happened sometimes. It doesn't happen to me too often. Maybe less than 5%, maybe even less than that. But, you know, I can tell in the first session based on uh, what they're asking and what, I mean, kind of see what they're kind of hoping for. And every once in a while, I'm like, you know what? I think I know somebody who actually is a better fit um, um, that covers this area um, and has more experience and um, is their focus. It's not really my focus. I could do it, but I actually know somebody I think would be a better fit. And I, mm-hmm. I have referred people because to me, it's about um, doing what's best for that client and getting them in a place where they're going to have success. That's awesome. And I know that's that's where one of the, I guess, reasons that Good Counsel came about was to help people kind of get out of limbo between thinking about therapy and getting started with therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know just the the, the the nervousness and and kind of putting yourself in a, in a in a person's shoes kind of to walk mm-hmm. through that door can can you know be a huge burden so good that's what kind of what we try to do is kind of walk through that one of the things we try to um, encourage people to do is look at it like any new relationship you know mm-hmm. if you're starting any type of relationship mm-hmm. you kind of walk in and you give it a few few dates so to speak you give it yeah. you know, <laughs> You try to give it at least two to three dates if you can, mm-hmm. if you can afford it, and then make a decision from there. So it's really right. good to hear that you're um, kind that that you uh, are able and willing on your end to also refer out if needed, just because mm-hmm. you want to focus on the person. That's that's right, and that's mm-hmm. a sign of a really quality um, therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about uh, we talked about the therapeutic relationships. Mm-hmm. The relationship. Let's talk about relationships in general. Mm-hmm. Um, would, would a couple or people come to an outpatient therapist, you know, to for uh, relationship advice or or um, counseling? Sure. 
Um, yes. Uh, so people can come uh, to an outpatient therapist for a marital therapy mm. um, if they're actually married to. And, you know, that's another misconception. Like, you know, you got to go when you are, you know, it's if you go to marital therapy, you must be you must be terrible, must be. And that's not always true. You take your car in for oil changes and wow. um, t- new tires and you know, and, and no offense guys, but I mean, you guys take care, real good care of your car. So you, you know, yes, relationships, we- you know, can be the same way. So you can come in for a little tune up or, um, you know, just any kind of light maintenance, but yes, often people, when they do come, it's because they're having some struggles and, uh, it's a great time to come. You can come premaritally dating couples come, um, I do, I don't do marriage counseling, but I do a lot of work with people who are in challenging relationships. I like Mm. to call them challenging relationships, Um, whether they be marital or um, dating relationships. And so typically because they're challenging, I only see one party Mm. Um, and that's fine. I, I, that's where I have a lot of focus there. So, but definitely people come in, couples can come in, families come in entire families come in sometimes. And um, that's important because families are a system and a group as well. Mm -hmm. And often what happens is whoever in the family is the squeaky wheel, the squeaky wheel gets brought in. Uh, (laughs) I love it. You say you don't know a lot about cars and stuff, but you- That squeaky wheel gets brought in, but (laughs) really it's it's usually a system and it's nice when you can work with the whole family. I love it. I love it. you. You talked a little bit. Um, you touched on a little bit challenging relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell us a little bit about you know what that may look like if you can. Well, for me, uh, for what I do, often somebody. So there's different kinds, and we're talking about couples right now. So couples or marriages, and if somebody has maybe a, an, a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody's not a narcissist, but some people are very difficult to to have Mm -hmm. a relationship with. Um, And so I see some, usually one of the halves of those, Um, but also sometimes parental relationships um, Mm -hmm. where people's parents are a little challenging and Mm -hmm. maybe uh, they are getting to the point where they have to be their caregiver, which just sets up a whole dynamic. Um, If you've had a little, you know, difficulty communicating or not feeling loved by a parent and now you have to take care of that parent, um, that that can be kind of a challenge. So wow, uh, siblings. That, that, that's a relationship, sorry to cut you off, that's a relationship mm-hmm. that I've never thought about. Is, is that's because that- you're young. But I definitely, you know, in looking at it, I can, I, I can tell how you know, for so long, looking at your parent, your parent is your parent for ex, you know, forever. But at some point, you become an adult and have those that opportunity to kind of voice your opinion or feel some type of way. Because for so long, you can't feel any type of way. You're my, you're my child. Right. And now that kind of changes, especially. Wow, I've, I've never mm-hmm. really looked at it that way. That's a mm-hmm. really, that, that's a yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So 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 even within that process of those. Um, challenging relationships. And I know something that I think we talked about on the phone uh, before, just 
um, looking at, you know, um, the African-American community and, mm -hmm. and them um, and us, we going and seeking <laughs> therapy and, and, and we um, caring about our, our mental health. Any any insight to, you know, anything within the African-American community that we can do or, or we should be doing with our mental health? Yeah, so I think some of it is, you know, we have a lot of psychological distress that mm -hmm. um, is brought about by some things outside of your control, your socioeconomic status sometimes, you know, that you're in and the disparities that are caused by some of those things and, you know, ability to access resources or, um, you know, microaggressions, negative mm -hmm. stereotypes, different things that people struggle with. And I think we're pretty articulate about saying we're in a struggle, we have a struggle, but I think when it kind of comes down to the personal level of I'm, I'm having trouble in this, in this struggle or even being able to identify that is kind of hard, I think. Um, right. We're used to handling our own problems. Mm -hmm. I, 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 not just because of pride, but just because there was, you know, often nowhere else to go with them. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's sort of, a, you know, we kind of pass that down. And I think the idea of going outside for something is, is kind of tough to do. Also, you know, being misunderstood, you know, the fear of, am, am I going to be misunderstood? Am I going to be, you know, um, what I want to say, stigmatized? Um, and, you know, I admit, you know, I wasn't too sure I wanted to put my picture up because I was like, mm, oh, no, this is going to go. Mm. But um, I have found, it's been good. And I have had people of color from other, all, all different peoples of color uh, kind of seek me out because their idea is, you know, this person might be able to effectively understand the cultural uh, perspectives and, you know, traditions and kind of some of the beliefs that are germane to other cultures um, without me thinking that that's got something to do with poor mental health. So if somebody cares a lot about what their grandparents think, that doesn't necessarily make them codependent. It's just some some cultures value of, of the older generations and you know that's just part of that's part of life if grandmothers are taking care of kids you know i that that's a part of some cultures that's what mm -hmm. that's what people do so you know being able to kind of have you're supposed to be culturally competent all of us oh. and and the pur purpose of that is whatever is different from you doesn't always have to be wrong. Wow. Wow. No, that, you're absolutely right. And, and even with that, that goes into um, back into that therapeutic relationship, trying to build that and trying to get under individuals to understand that, you know, no matter your culture or your, your race or, or ethnicity, that it's all about building that relationship um, mm -hmm. and, and coming into it and um, realizing that a lot of things we were taught, um, could be hindering us from from, mm. from kind of living our best life, so to speak, and, mm. and a lot of the things we go through, we normalize. Mm -hmm. So, so no, that that's really really awesome. So, one thing I always like to ask everyone that 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 we interview is, um, where do you see the future, or where do you want to see the future of your practice or your um, of, of mental health? Okay. Um... 
Well, I, one of the things that I was really excited about being a part of this is because you said you were trying to um, at least hopefully eradicate, if we could, but at least minimize the stigma associated with mental health. Um, and I would like to see that done a couple of ways, like uh, just broadly um, I'll have a little bit more credibility in this in this area as, mm -hmm. as all of us in, in mental health, because I think the physical health is really heralded in our in our in our uh, country, mm -hmm. um, doctors and 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 rightfully so. I mean, we're really um, grateful to them and the nurses and all the other people who are working right now with this virus that's going on. But um, the mental health is is typically only highlighted, unfortunately, after a tragedy. Uh, school shooting or something like that, then then everybody wants to, you know, go get the therapist yeah. um, and, and have them talk to people. But it would be nice if that had been given more credibility on the front end and maybe, you know, we have some some things done. And I kind of agree with Noelle. Um, I really, she was the, the music therapist mm -hmm. and, you know, to just have um, mental health be more part of life. Like, you know, I went, I went to um, I went to the, I'm gonna really make a joke. I went to the, I had my well check. I got my nails done. Yeah. I saw my therapist. Yeah. They should all kind of, you know, flow in a sentence, you know, and, and, yeah. but now people say, you got a therapist, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, so, um, and I think Gra Gabrielle Union has been talking a lot about that and, you know, trying to also raise awareness that, you know, it, it typically in our community, African-American community, you know, that is not, that's, that don't trip off the tongue. In other in other communities, it does. It's no big deal at all. Mm -hmm. um, so it would be nice if that was a little bit more widespread. Um, I I would like to see uh, mental health resources and therapy. Um, I I don't know what to say. Not so much more readily available, but yeah, in a way for parents of special needs children. Mm -hmm. um, I have a nephew that is about, he's 26 years old. He's, he has autism. He's nonverbal. He's just he's really sweet. And I've watched my sister and my brother-in-law care for him, you know, pretty tirelessly. Um, and they, they, those parents are under a lot of stress. Um, and it would be nice to have, for them to have support, but it's hard for them to come out and see somebody like me because they got to, you know, it's like uh, mm -hmm. juggling the whole world. So, you know, if that was something that that was part of their therapy and um, also caregivers I have a real heart for care. People who are caregivers is a very deceptively stressful place to be, whether you're caring for like my sister, um, special needs child or when your child or your parent. Um, or someone else. Um, I don't. I don't think anybody really thinks about caregivers. They're so focused on the one that is actually ill or sick or has the disability and forgets. And the caregiver learns to forget themselves too as well. Um, and one of the ideas that I have is I, I don't think it's very prevalent here, but in maybe some some larger cities is concierge counseling, where you kind of bring the the counseling to people. Mm -hmm. And um, there have been a lot of times where I've been sitting in my office that I thought, you know, that that would be really great if I, I need to be able to come out of here mm -hmm. and help you because you have a social phobia or you're agoraphobic or um, 
the elderly. I had a really wonderful client and she got older and she got uncomfortable with driving to the office, but mm -hmm. she, she still needed somebody to talk to. And it would have been nice if I said, Hey, you know what? I'll come to you. Wow. So, um, I would, I would like to see some of that. I have a client that has a, a phobia and didn't want to ride the elevator, but unfortunately her job was on like a high floor. Let me put it that way. Mm. Lots of flights. Um, and I was attempting to try to help her challenge that, mm -hmm. but it would have been really nice if I had been at the elevator. At the elevator. I yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is insurance and, and you know really getting that worked out you mm -hmm. know because because of the way things work so yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's really the goal and that's and that's the um approach or the um what we're all going for with the future mm -hmm. of mental health i just want to highlight a few people um, chiming in, we have Catherine Dent um, that says such a valid point point about parents and individual special needs in significant mm -hmm. need of counseling. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely um, right. Thank you, Catherine. And um, and then we had Lisa Marie uh, saying yes, yes earlier. <laughs> so I really appreciate you guys um, chiming in and and just in talking to you. So how can people get connected to you? That that's the real question. Is how how can people get connected with your services? Okay. Well, they can either go to my website and they can email me. People either email me or call me or, you know, if you want to just call Total Life Counseling and make an appointment, that's also mm -hmm. just just as well. Um, and, you know, any therapist, you know, call them, email them. You can ask them questions and, and, and you know, or if they give you a free consult, check them out. And um, I just highly, if you've been thinking about, you know, maybe I do want to come talk to someone because uh, I kind of forgot it was Megan and um, Charlene. The, Charlene um, you know, they do EMDR, so they they were saying, you know, if you don't, you don't. You don't want to talk to somebody then you know they've got options for if you want to go a different route but some people want to talk to someone they want to be heard and so you know outpatient therapy talk therapy is great and um just you know give it a try and you know if it's not a fit don't give up most definitely no i, I, I absolutely love it um anything in closing you want to leave us with any final words final thoughts oh wow okay um, I, I do kind of want to say, you know, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of want to be the dead horse, but, uh, this whole, um, coronavirus, the quarantine, it's, it's been a little subtle stressor, uh, subtle and maybe not so subtle if you've had real economic impacts and job loss and, or you've had a loved one that has been impacted by the virus and that's not going to be very subtle at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but a lot of people are at home, the teachers, the parents with their, their children, they inherited um, all day. Um, and it has been uh, a, probably a lot more subtle stressor. And um, if you're having any kind of, like you've heard me say, physical symptoms that you feel aren't normal or you're having trouble, you know, consider talking to somebody because this is actually a pretty good time um, because of the coronavirus. Um, a lot of the uh, health insurance companies have lifted some of the restrictions. So you got, I got these in my ears all the time. And so I can come to you this time. Um, teletherapy is uh, widely accepted. And so they've lifted a lot of bands. There were a lot of 
a few restrictions that probably kept us from doing it before, but now your insurance will pay for it. And uh, maybe really think about that. Even while you're in a quarantine, go in the closet, you know, bring your, bring your cell phone in the closet. Maybe your kids will be okay for 40 minutes, you know, um, and do something for yourself if you find that you're getting a little stressed out or you're getting a little overwhelmed. Most definitely, no. Mm -hmm. We love it. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. Mm -hmm. um, just bringing a whole different angle and a view to, um, you know, mental health and outpatient therapy specifically. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you. And okay, you thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Most thank you, Daniel. You have a good night. Okay. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this was another episode, our fifth episode, as I said, to. Um, you know, therapy emotion, Tim talks, where you know all of this came about is a little bit as Althea was um, alluding to is that so many people have these negative connotations and these negative thoughts about therapy and and wellness and professional help. Um, so we just wanted to bring the professionals to you, let you kind of see in a more relaxed setting, in a more relaxed way. That's why we primarily do it on Facebook and YouTube, so you can see what it looks like in case you have those questions and you want to um, kind of explore those different types before you jump in and, and make that decision to um, make your mental health a priority. It's something we always say. We want you to make your mental health a priority because so many things we struggle with and we normalize. We've gone through way too much and far too much to um, have to deal with it for the rest of our lives. Eventually it has to come out. So we want you to get connected to whatever style of therapy that can benefit you most. I, I like to call us the functioning unstable. We function every day. A lot of us go to work, we come home, we you know deal with the shell of ourselves, but there's something else on the inside that's holding us back from living our dreams and, li and living the lives that we deserve to live. So any of our episodes, in case you missed them, you can go and visit um, us on our website at wearegoodcounsel.com to view to view and, and revisit any of our episodes, to find out about all of our guests. And also, if you're interested in starting your therapy journey here at Good Counsel, we just help you to kind of talk about it. We get you, you know, get the butterflies out of your stomach a little bit. Um, so we talk about it and, and we kind of lessen the process of getting you connected to therapy. So you can visit us at wearegoodcounsel.com also and complete your therapy consultation form where I um, will contact you, call you, and we can talk about the process and help you to get connected to a quality mental health professional so you can get to living the life you deserve. So we thank you. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Good night.